It's 8 o'clock. When you hear the dogs barking, you know it's time for Comedy Clubhouse here on MutinyRadio.fm. Yay! I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm going to be right up there doing jokes in just a second. We're waiting for the throngs of people to come flooding through the doors of MutinyRadio.fm for tonight's Comedy Clubhouse. We're super excited. What a great lineup we have for you tonight. We'll be right back in just a moment with hilarious comedy. Yay! for fun as for yeah yay everybody yay welcome to the comedy clubhouse here at mutiny radio it's a friday night it's eight o'clock it's time to tell some hilarious jokes yeah i'm excited um i i kind of have to pee right now but that's okay because I used to be a ballerina and my mother always told me that if i have to pee i perform better so I always was like holding it, holding it. But one year, you know, there wasn't uh, just a black swan. There was a brown swan because, oh, no. Oh, I know. It's so embarrassing. Anyone else a failure like their whole life? Anyone else? Anyone else a loser, a non-winner? Anyone here ever win the science fair? Anybody? Went, no, I also, loser in the science fair, always wanted to be a motherfucking winner. Now that I smoke insane amounts of weed, I have the best ideas to win the motherfucking science fair. I have no kids, because I'm a responsible adult, and I wouldn't do that to a child, but I have these great science fair ideas, so I just want to abduct... I just want to abduct a fifth grader for like three weeks. Can I just, you won't miss him. You hate him. Come on, parent. Anybody a parent here? Anybody a parent of a fifth grader? You know you hate your fucking kid right now. They ask so many questions. Questions, questions, questions. Well, let's ask questions about my science fair projects. All right? I'm an alcoholic, and a lot of times in the morning I vomit. So here's... Here's my science fair project. If I slam, you know, eight ounces of 36 degree water at 7.36 a.m. and I vomit it at 7.55 into a cup and a child takes the temperature, 
of the vomit. How many calories did I burn being an alcoholic? <laughs> like, this is, right? Like, come on, everybody, you study chemistry. It's one ounce, one degree is a calorie. Let's figure it out. I didn't eat anything last night. There's gonna be nothing in this vomit but water. It's just, it's just the 36 degree water. Eight ounces of it, take the temperature. I have another science fair idea. Oh, it's more like anthropological or paleontological, whatever. Everybody imagine right now in your head the T-Rex bones. Everybody think T-Rex bones in your head, right? All right, now, yeah. So he has an articulated spine from his head to his tail, but there's this weird hip cap that like throws him over. So he has legs because like the hubris of man makes the coolest, biggest dinosaur walk on two legs. Nay, if you flip that hip cap and you make it a breastbone, those two beefy legs become big beefy wings. And you move those little back to the back. Have you ever seen a bird with big legs? Nay. You take the little bird, okay, eat my food, the coolest dinosaur that has no ability. Their legs. Those big beefy legs become big beefy wings. They're dragons. <laughs> They're fucking dragons. All this dragon mythology with no dragons, we just put the bones together wrong. <laughs> Because of the hubris of man, of course, the biggest, coolest dinosaur walks on two legs and has a huge dick. It eats. It was a dragon. St. George and the dragon, fucking Khaleesi and the dragons, like all the dragons. The Chinese people, everyone has dragons. Why? I don't mean to be the smartest person alive, but I do smoke <laughs> a lot of weed. Another, another science fair project idea. Which bus is the most disgusting? Can you get chlamydia from the 22? What I'm saying <laughs> is I need a small child and some fucking Q-tips and litmus paper. What is that liquid on the nine? Like, is it? <laughs> Did pick it up from the ground is the water, right? I want to find out. I want, I want people to walk by and be like, which bus is the most disgusting? <laughs> like it is the 27 because it goes from the mission. Can you get Coke? If you, if you scrape the bits out of the 27, can you snort it and get high? <laughs> like you're in the mission and the tenderloin. There's gotta be some Coke and some crack in like those little, <laughs> so that's, that's a gentrification joke. <laughs> that's, <laughs> Little pro tip for y'all. If you've been doing cocaine for 24 hours, you don't ick, eat your boogers, you smoke them. That's, <laughs> don't be gross, y'all. Just boom, boom. No, I don't do that. I don't do that shit anymore. I don't hang out with those kids doing those crazy drugs. Those crazy kids, they hang out all night. Anyone hang out with crazy? You're a crazy kid. You're like, yeah. You're like, oh, you got some ecstasy. Oh, it has fentanyl in it. I can hang with that shit now. I'm a fucking millennial. It's like built into our DNA. We're like, fentanyl, fuck your face. We're fine with it. No, I, 
I'm an old lady. Anytime I take any drugs now, I take the drugs and then I divide them in fourths and then I eat a little bit. And it's not, it's not even microdosing. It's like maxi dosing, but I don't, I don't have to wear ma Did anyone actually wear like really big maxi pads? You know, like the really big fluffy ones that like felt like you could pee into them. Did anybody ever pee into them? No. I peed into my cat box the other day because I wanted to see like how much does the clumping litter work and how much more do I pee than my cat? Like it's it's green tea stuff, so it's totally compostable. So don't worry. Like I live in the Tenderloin. There's so much. I I know how to deal with my urine. All right. The tenderloin's so fun. I hang out with small children a lot, and when we walk through the tenderloin, we play this really fun game, and I encourage you to play it too. When you see a pile on the ground, uh, you go, man or beast, man or beast. <laughs> man is a beast, apparently. <laughs> like, Funny enough, all beasts have solid poo, <laughs> except for man. Oh. <laughs> What I learned from a four-year-old is if it's up against a wall, it's always man. <laughs> like, oh, you understand physics at such a young age. Oh, what's going to happen in the future? Anybody loves Star Trek Next Gen? Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I've been watching all of them again, and I watched them all as a child, and I'm like, they were tackling the fucking tough issues. They were dealing with like euthanasia and abortion and fucking rad shit. And I don't have a punchline, but Data would just be like, I am operating at all normal functions. No, I can't. I just, <laughs> at normal parameters. Anyway, I just, I'm loving, oh, I love Star Trek Next Gen. I just, I fall asleep to it because there's no, the thing I used to fall asleep to was Scott Bakula and Quantum Leap. That's what used to make me fall asleep like as a child, as an adult. I just love sleeping to Scott Bakula's beautiful face. <laughs> His like weird nose, but he's like so smart, but he's like attractive in like a dad way that makes me feel like, oh. <laughs> it's the same way I feel about William Riker, except in a totally different way, because he's a smarmy motherfucker, and I'm like, Will Riker's coming to me in my dreams, and some weird, like, with some, like, Klingon head, forehead shit. Okay, I'm off the rails right now. <sighs> All right. Minute left. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm sorry I went off on I'm really obsessed with Star Trek Next Gen right now. I'm in the fifth season and I love the baby child who's they made they put him in blackface. It's so great Alexander. They put it's the kid from Blank Check and he's Worf's son and they put him in blackface so that he looks like his son and it's like they bring him back. Scott Bonsall Brian Bonsall is the real name of this person Anyways, he was on blank check, and it's like, oh my god! <laughs> In the scene where they kiss on the lips, it's so cute. That poor child. Uh, I, I, having sex on top of a baby is not pedophilia, uh, because you're like looking into the baby's eyes, and they're having a, a good time, and babies can only see like 15 inches in front of their face anyway. 
You're getting banged from behind. It's a good time. Uh, just because the baby's first words are, uh, uh, doesn't make me a bad nanny. <laughs> Makes me a bad nanny. I'm a terrible person. Thanks for being here tonight. Yay! Here you are on the clubhouse. We sing a little song. If you know how it goes, sing along. If you don't, you'll figure it out. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. I need to get a vaporizer. I did it. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! I'm so excited. I'm so excited because your first comedian of the night, he recently went on tour with comedian David Borey, and they went all around the country. And if any of you know, David Borey was just on Comedy Central uh, last Friday and has an amazing half-hour special that you should watch. But right now, you get to listen to the amazing, hilarious jokes of Keith D. Yay! Thanks. Hell yeah. That's a great credit right there. Two years ago, I went on tour with the comic who's making it. That's right. How's, how are you guys doing? Everybody good? Uh, yeah, I see a lot of couples, couples, a lot of young love. It's beautiful to see. I'm, I just uh, got broken up with. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm glad. No, I, I, a lot of people go like sympathizing with me, you know. A lot of people in my life are like reaching out. Even my like dirtbag comic friends, you know, we just we they never have serious conversations. They're like, "Hey, you okay, man?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." It's like it is. It's the first breakup where uh, mutual breakup. We just wanted different things. You know what I mean? Like she wants kids in five years, and I don't want a real job. So. <laughs> You know, we want different things, and it's it's good, like good terms with each other and all that. But people constantly, you okay, man? Like, yeah, I'm fine. And I think it's because she was hot. <laughs> I think that's what's going on here. That like that's not why I liked her or anything. That's just what I was told, is by a lot of people. Personally, I don't see beauty in women. All right, that's how much of a feminist I am. Looks have no effect on me. Just goes straight to personality. But no, a lot of people, I'd say the majority of people who I introduced her to in my life would later then make a point to tell me how good looking she was. And you know, at first I was flattered. I was like, all right, this is cool. But then I, I thought about it, it's like, well, it's, it's not, they're not really complimenting me saying that she, like I had nothing to do with it, you know? So it's more like they're saying, Wow, I can't believe your girlfriend is that good looking because you uh, look like an uh, underage pedophile. That's, I feel like that's kind of the subtext of what they're saying there. And it, was, it really came to a head because there's this guy in my neighborhood. He's always like rolling a blunt, you know. He's always wearing a hat. He's a portly fella. He's got uh, he's bow-legged, you know. He he um, he's got webbed feet, so he kind of like is shaped and walks like a penguin. <laughs> you know, and he just got a real dumb look in his eyes. You know, it's not just the weed. It's just like you know, you look at it, it's just like a glazed, far away look. Oh, this is a dumb dude. That's the kind of dude I'm talking about and he goes uh 
Oh, Keith, man, I saw your girlfriend, bro, and it gave me so much hope, dude. And I'm like, man, if Keith can get a girl like that, I can do anything. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where I'm at, but yeah, I'm, I'm fine. You know, everyone from my mom to my drug dealer is reaching out. I mean, like, hey, you okay? Yeah, we just we wanted different things. Yeah, you guys are like young, like of our fuck. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but millennial generations, right? We're pretty much all millennials here. People still getting married? Oh, not you, but <laughs> you're a Gen Xer though. Hell yeah, I could tell by that sweatshirt, hoodie, and glasses. Gen Xer. That's what millennials. Millennials are ripping off Gen Xers. I feel like, but <laughs> I'm not gonna make that okay boomer. I'm a substitute teacher, and a kid, a kid said okay boomer to me. <laughs> First of all, I'm not a fucking millennial. <laughs> Second of all, boomers are way cooler than your shitty ass generation. Like they fucking parents won World War II and shit. You know, like, they actually fought for civil rights. They didn't post memes about it. You know what I mean? And I'm sorry. Okay, boomer, you are doing good. That's how it should be. Okay, boomer. That. Uh, hey, welcome to the comedy show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, are we gonna millennials? We're not gonna have kids and stuff, right? That's. Are, are you guys having kids? Is that a, no? Because it, it's fucking stupid. If kids didn't come out as babies, nobody would have them. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're only cute for the first like ten years. You know what I mean? Then they're just fucking. They're just like a shitty adult after that. It's just like, why? I do and. Also married, I don't see myself getting getting married. You know? and, and I can see like a lot of crazy scenarios for myself. You know? I can see myself being homeless. I can see myself being rich. See myself being in prison. I, but I can't, I can. I can, I try to be funny. <laughs> I try to play poker for smokes. But, but, but I just don't see myself getting married. I can see myself being married. Being married, like if you're if you ever lived with a, uh, your partner, I think that's pretty much the same thing as being married. It's just married, the stakes are higher. Like you have to you have to go to court when you break up. But I just see myself being. But I don't see myself getting married, right? Because to get married, first of all, you gotta buy. As a dude, you gotta buy. I mean, if we're living in the heteronormative world or whatever. Uh, you, you gotta buy like an engagement ring, right? And they say that you have to spend three months salary on your engagement ring. You guys heard that? It's fucking ridiculous. What? I'm gonna spend $3,000 on an engagement ring? What? Wear it for you. That's stupid. A piece of jewelry that doesn't go in my mouth? That, come on. I'm gonna spend three grand on that. And they say, uh, well, yeah, and then after that, you, you got to actually do the proposal, which is supposed to be this big, you know, it's got to be really creative and, and memorable, right? And I'm just, I'm not a dramatic dude. I, just, I don't, what, what's your proposal idea? You got a proposal idea in the bags? Yeah. 
Anybody? Proposals I did? What was your dream proposal? No, you can't. You can't think of it because you want to be surprised. It's so much pressure. It's too much pressure. It's like, well, I'm going to fuck up somebody's dream. Like, yeah. Yeah, just, uh, I'll just die alone. That's, uh, die alone. But hey, at least, uh, at least I got the 49ers, right? How about the 40, any 49ers fans here? No, are you guys just, you guys all just move here from shittier parts of the country, right? That's what, who moved here from a shittier part of the country? Yeah, where'd you move from? Uh, Chicago. Chicago? But like the city of Chicago or like Palatine, Illinois? Palatine, that's where I moved here from. And it's fucking, su- it's a shitty town. And it's, I, I'm glad I made it out. But you, you ever go back and you visit your friends who like never escaped? It's so sad, right? Seeing whether, isn't it? Like, this true story. My best friend growing up, he is now a janitor at the high school we used to go to. Right? But, like, that wasn't even the sad part. The sad part is all my other buddies thought it was a really good job. They were all, like, super excited for it. They were all like, holy shit, Huffman got that janitor gig at Fram. That's full time benefits, pension plan. Shit. A couple years working there, he'll give me a recommendation. Like, come on, how. How is this your life right now? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not trashing janitor. I can see some of you look, fuck you, Keith, you elitist piece of shit. How dare you trash the noble janitor? I'm not doing that. They're, it's a hard job, all right? I'm not, they deal with plenty of trash already. Not, okay, so bad, bad, but I'm not. It's just an important. All I'm saying is, if you're a janitor at your old high school, you could do better. You know what I mean? Go to community college. Be a janitor there. You know what I mean? Like, work your way up to state school janitor. You could do it. Have some goals. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big-time 49ers fan. I don't, I don't care. I, ever since 10 weeks ago, die-hard 49ers fan. <laughs> yeah, they were all, almost undefeated. Yeah, people call me a Fairweather fan. Like, oh, you only like the team when they're good. And yeah, that's how liking stuff works. You know, actually, when it's good. I, I like the beach. I'm not showing up when it's raining. You know what I'm saying? Actually, when it's good. Anybody, you not like, any, anybody not a sports fan here? Think sports is boring? Yeah? Here's something you should do if you think sports is boring. Try gambling heavily on it. Try... <laughs> See how silly that sports ball game is when your rent depends on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I had a wonderful time. Thank you. I love Mutiny Radio. Thank you, Pam Benjamin, the fucking greatest showrunner in the Bay Area. This station rules. Uh, love you guys. Thanks, Pam Benjamin, everybody. Everybody, Keith D'Souza. He's hilarious. He's a wonderful human being. Yay! Yay! He talked about marriage for a minute. Uh, I was married for quite a long time, and my marriage got me my first STD. Yeah, that's sexually transmitted debt. (laughs) That's when you get when you get married. You literally get their debt. Didn't know that. Ah ha ha! 
Three years into our marriage, we sold our first house. I found out, oh, we had $15,000 of credit card debt from uh, from college. Oh, it's so cute. It's like our, our entire marriage is based on truth. <laughs> it's so good. I love you so much. <laughs> uh, cool stuff. Your next comedian, I'm so excited to bring her up. She's actually like a Catholic theologian. <laughs> I had the opportunity to interview her on Some Call Me Tim where we talked about religion. And she changed my mind about like the whole Catholic church. I was like, what? Pew, pew, service? What? Anyway. Um, she's a lovely human being. She's also a very funny lady. Put your hands together, everybody. Skip Bacon! Yay! <laughs> Hi, everybody. I am Skip Bacon, and I am what you would loosely term a Catholic theologian. She she wasn't kidding. That'd be a terrible joke. Uh, but I'll tell you what that means, though, okay? A Catholic theologian, as a Catholic theologian, that means I trained theological training for seven years preparing me to think and talk about God and church stuff professionally as a type of church minister. And the very next thing I want to tell you is, no matter how long I pause, no one ever claps for that, uh, ever. Uh, I could have gotten up here and been like, hey guys, this week I adopted a puppy. People clap for that fictitious dog all the time, okay? That is something literally anyone could do, and people clap for that damn dog all the time. But I get up here and I tell you, I did something no man has ever done. I survived seven years of Catholic higher education unmolested and no one ever claps for that is what I'm saying no one ever claps for that uh, but I don't know why I tell roomfuls of strangers this and expect them to be super supportive about it because my own mom was totally not on board with this churchy job title thing uh, mom's like a SoCal stoner hippie she's got a real screw the establishment kind of attitude uh, so when I was 12 and I told her I was going into church work what she heard was that her only daughter was about to become a militant lesbian nun I did not say that because I was 12, but that's what she heard. So my mother's very first reaction to me was, you know, if God had wanted you to become a nun, uh, he wouldn't have given you such fabulous tits. <laughs> They're great, guys. I know I'm wearing a scarf right now. They're fantastic, but I was 12 at the time. Have you ever seen a nun with tits like that, she said, as she gestures towards my 12-year-old body, sporting what was admittedly a really nice set of double Ds on a preteen. But according to my mom... <laughs> Only women with small, ugly tits were called by God, and I literally didn't fit that, like, mold. Uh, also, side note, I spent a lot of my childhood obsessing over the blessed bosoms of Benedictine nuns. I would just see nuns and be like, cool, so that, that's what God's into? Got it. All right. So... <laughs> Uh, as a result of this childhood obsession and my mom's strong insistence that I was what she called too gifted in the flesh <laughs> to become a nun, uh, I actually started working in my dad's church because they didn't have nuns there, constantly causing me to contemplate the correlation between cup size and a calling from God. So I actually got ordained in my dad's church as a minister. Don't worry, no one claps for that either. And... Um, <laughs> Recently, my little brother asked me to preside at his wedding, which I was very honored to do for him. Also a clapping thing. It's fine. All right, guys. Uh, but this is where like my dad's like support or maybe it's entertainment with my ministry choices comes into play because it was like this dude had been waiting for this moment his whole life. He sent an email out to literally everyone we have ever known. And it like my preschool teacher, Mrs. B, got this email. And it was pure clickbait. There was no content. It was just a subject line. And it read, proud father, daughter marries son. So my dad, <laughs> don't, I'm never going to tell him you laughed at that, by the way, because 
He's super supportive of my work in ministry, but it really creeps me out, so I'm not totally on board with that just yet. But I do, I like my job as a minister, though. Uh, but it can be weird, because uh, people ask you about weird stuff. Well, people ask you about two things primarily. First, obviously, their faith lives. But second, and super less obviously, is their sex lives. And if there is one thing the church is woefully unqualified to talk about, nay, give advice about, it's human sexuality. And you want to know how I know they are unqualified, guys? Because they cannot even handle Christ nipples, okay? <laughs> Stick with me on this, okay? You guys know crucifixes? The, the, the little crosses with a little lifeless corpse of Jesus hanging from it, right? 80% of those Jesuses do not have nipples, okay? 80%. What does he always have? You're picturing him right now. He's always super ripped. You can always see his abs. His quads are super defined. His calves are just, oh, so out there. And people are like, oh, yeah, skip it. Like, back in the day, they had really good diets, and they walked in the desert, like, a lot. That's why he was, did the sands of the desert wipe off his nipples he would have also had nipples is what i'm saying and if you find the nipples of a recently murdered jewish man to be so over sexualized you have removed them from crucifixes then you don't get to give me sex advice is what i'm getting at i know what you're thinking though i've taken it upon myself as a catholic and a theologian to try and bridge this gap a little bit so i'm currently pursuing what is called a doctorate in christian sexuality okay so one of our very first assignments was to title our thesis for this doctorate. And this is how I'm doing research on which title is going to be the best. I tell you guys and find out which one's the funniest, okay? So uh, here are some working titles for the thesis. Uh, the Sun's Sacred Erections and Prophetic Wet Dreams. I like that one. Not so bad. The Climax of Christianity, The Virgin and the Vulva. I, I as a vulva, I love that one. Uh, the third one, we're thinking about missionary, not just a position in the third world. So these are some of the, these are some of the front runners. Two or three. Noted. I like to say vulva. I'd like that to be in there. Um, the second assignment that we had was to review a study of 700 women and the reasons that they have not wanted to have sex in the past. So things like fear of pregnancy and disease, uh, body image issues, just your standard lady boner killers, okay? So we studied that list, and then we had to make our own list of things that have made us not want to have sex in the past. So my list includes, but is not limited to, number one, I have a dog. Like, where is Tim the Pomeranian going to be for however long these sex shenanigans are going to last? My bed is kind of his favorite place to hang out, so how does that I'll work out, might as well just not even do it. Number two is that conflict that comes up every time somebody offers to pay you for sex, but you are about to do it for free. Like, clearly you can't take that money. I know that's illegal, guys. But you're also like simultaneously flattered that someone's finally recognized your sexual talent and its monetary value. So you're like, oh, a little bit. And I definitely can't have sex with this guy now for free because that just makes me like a super bad businesswoman. So like, it's just this conflict is too much. Uh, number three is that awkward and classic scenario where it's not until after sex that you realize your partner is missing an appendage. Like, it's not bad enough he was a carny, but you didn't notice he was missing an arm until, what, the clarity of the postcoital glow? I don't know how that worked out. Uh, number four is more of like a follow-up concern, like how soon is too soon for Tim the Pomeranian to get back in the bed. So I just, like, I don't know how all that is working. Uh, but after comparing my results with those of 700 other women, they were not the same results, uh, I think my mom might have been right. Someone who is this gift in the flesh probably should not have gone into church work. Uh, so I'm now thinking about starting a new line of work 
which we will call Christian sex work, okay? So we'd be Christian sex workers. I know what you're thinking. Skip Bacon, what would we do with our days? Here are some of the duties and responsibilities of a Christian sex worker. Number one, we are immediately starting an art restoration company for the sole purpose of restoring all the nipples to all the nippleless Christs that are just hanging out there everywhere. So if you get any construction history at all or art restoration, you should start applying now. Um, oh, the second thing we're going to do is we're going to start hosting communion wafer wine pairing parties, okay? Because it is time for us to answer that question. Should the blood of Christ have like a strong Merlot taste or is it more of like a Zinfandel kind of feel? We've got to answer. We would definitely sit around saying things like, oh my God, what year is this blood of Christ? Because it has got like a 36 AD aftertaste. <laughs> But a very robust pre-crucifixion aroma. So what is that? So I think that'll be very, very fun. I'm looking forward to that one almost the most. Uh, we'll start making, you know, those little religious medallions with like Mary on it and Joseph or whatever. We're going to start making those, but in the shape of Mary's sacred vulva. And then we're just going to put them out into gen pop and put them into circulation. So that's the thing. we're gonna, The last thing that I'm thinking we're going to do, you guys can all see me after the show for your suggestions. But... One of the last things I'm thinking we're going to do is we are going to create a series of self-help tapes, primarily for Christian husbands, and it would be entitled, It is Better to Give Than to Receive the Art of Self-Giving Oral Love. I think it'll be a big hit among Christian wives, so we're going to start working on those things. Um, but something else I should probably also tell you about that is that, um, unfortunately for you, from now on, the rest of your lives, every time you see a crucifix, it will immediately become a Jesus nipple survey of what's happening with a nipple. Like, I just ruined Christmas for you. Like, every church you go into is just going to turn into a Jesus nipple scavenger hunt for, like, the rest of your existence. You definitely are also never going to be able to hear someone comment on a wine's full-bodied oaky taste without just for a minute thinking about like Christ and the crucifixion. So, so sorry I ruined those two things for you. Um, but since you're gonna be uh, thinking about them anyway, you might as well come and talk to me after the show. We are currently accepting applications for Christian sex workers. So I'll be right there after the show if you guys wanna come and talk to me about it. In the meantime, give it up for your host, Pam. <laughs> Skip Bacon, everyone, yes! Buy her book about vulvas. I'm excited, I can't wait. Like, I was raised super Christian and I was afraid of being naked. But boy, did I like to masturbate in front of my 33-year-old ghost friend, Jesus. Like, we, we hung out, he was sitting on my bed all the time, petting my head, telling me I was good enough. Love that guy, love him. No one thought that was weird. Yay, Christianity. <laughs> it's a wonder I like guys in their 30s. Like, even now, I still do. They're the best. <laughs> I love. Skip, you're rad. Your next comedian. I can't wait to hear her jokes. Everybody put your hands together for Sabrina Miller. Yay! I haven't been to church in a while, but damn, she's right. Jesus is pretty ripped. <laughs> Jesus is cut. Rock me sexy Jesus all night long. We've, we've all seen the sequel to Hamlet, haven't we? All night long. Well, it's good to know that being a nun is an option for me if comedy doesn't pan out. Uh, don't let this fool you right here. This is, uh, this is padding. 
The only reason I'm wearing a bra is because it's almost uh, Thanksgiving. This is not a bra. I'm going to be honest. This is a this is a boob warmer. <laughs> San Francisco uh, earmuffs for my boobs. Boob muffs, if you will. That's that. I uh, well, back in the day, back in the day, I didn't aspire to minister. I didn't. I I. I actually aspired to janitor. This is pretty bad. <laughs> Back in my 20s, because I, uh, I, I aspired to janitor because I worked as a cashier at Walmart. No. Oh, sorry, no, not a cashier. That's disrespectful. I was like a front-end store support associate, I think. So I was like, oh. But so I'd look at that janitor with all, like, the, all the cool tools and the mop, and I'd be kind of jealous. But... Like, uh, a lot of my, my 20s, though, just a lot of my 20s, just gone, just uh, wasted, working and slaving away at, at Walmart, and that's where I injured my left shoulder. Yeah, that's why I had to quit. It was one of those repetitive motion injuries of the, of, the, of the shoulder that you get from being at the register all the time, exacerbated by doing this <laughs> underneath. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry, I'll be right with you. Ow. Just restocking the bag. Sorry you had to wait along line. It's like, <laughs> cleanliness is close to godliness. Gotta keep it clean, gotta keep it clean. <laughs> right after that, I injured my liver. I was very injury prone. Injured my liver, it, it was a repetitive motion injury <laughs> of the liver that you get. <laughs> weed was not legal in, <laughs> weed was not legal in Virginia cir circa 2009. Like I was gonna do that job sober during the holidays though. I think Walmart should drug test their employees to make sure they're on something during the holidays, because why else the fuck would you work there? If you're not on something, but put these people on the list. Just doing my part to reduce workplace violence, you know? You know, now that I think about it, I'm kind of an angry person. I feel like I, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of just anger, just like welling up. I think I'm sitting on a rage tornado. I need to, I need to get this out, you know? Another thing I'm angry about is uh, God. Fucking angry at God. You know, I, I was so angry at God like a couple of years ago. We, you know, we're, we're like this now. I was so, I, I was so, um, yeah, I was so angry at him two years ago. I, I gave him a new nickname. It was really, I called him BC, short for Bill Cosby. Because <laughs> he fucked me without consent. Oh, we're, we're like this now. Sorry, it's a, are you down there? Are you there? You there? There's no up or down in space. There's no left or right. I don't, I'm confused, so. Uh, my therapist, I'm like, I'm really angry at my therapist. I don't, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, like when you're in therapy and you've had your therapist tell you to do the opposite of depression. The opposite of depression. Has this, any, has this ever happened to you? Okay, so, yeah, therapy on Medi-Cal. But uh, the first thing that I thought was the opposite of depression, is my therapist telling me to smile more? Is that motherfucker telling me to smile more? No, no. Like, I so wanted to say to him, dude, the opposite of depression is why I'm here. I tried mania. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, just, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Look back through your, your, your notes. What are you scribbling? What are you scribbling there? Like, have you ever been so bipolar that you've tried to buy a sailboat with a Walmart credit card? <laughs> That's where I was. Got this great idea in my head. It's like, oh, thanks God for this one. I'm gonna take Make-A-Wish kids sailing around the globe. <laughs> Make-A-Wish, it's gonna be me and Greta Thunberg. She's gonna be at the helm. That's gonna be fun. I'm just thinking here.
You know, like after he got the opposite of being paid, I, uh, I thought about the opposite of depression. You know, I think it's different for everybody. But for me, the opposite of depression is cocaine. <laughs> That's totally, there is no way that, you know, uh, cocaine is not the opposite of depression. When you're bipolar, that's basically like getting free cocaine every two weeks, guys. It's amazing. The highs are amazing. And then my therapist took away my cocaine. Yeah. Gave me lithium instead. It was like, what is this? It's like methadone or something. Lithium. I didn't, I didn't like lithium. Like, I did, I did not like the way it made me feel. Like, it made me feel like I was driving through Nebraska. All the fucking time. Get it flattened me out, get it, you know? Flattened me out. It's like, you know, I'm thinking maybe, maybe I want more than, you know, Nebraska. Maybe I want, you know, Palatine, Illinois. <laughs> this little callback. Maybe I want that. Or the, the rolling hills of West Oakland. <laughs> Are there rolling hills? I don't know. I don't go there often because I'm poor. But that's, that's, what, that's what my mood is like now, you know? It's kind of like this. Not like this, but it's more like this. I still get the ups. You know, and the upside—it's still like getting—it's uh, still like getting cocaine every two weeks. Only it ain't payday cocaine. No, it's like in between paychecks cocaine that you get in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> so that's basically what what that's like. Oh my God, I am—I'm um, angry that my boyfriend and I—we broke up. I don't get it. I don't like. I was a good girlfriend for him. I know I was. I put his needs first. Like I swallowed for this guy, ladies. Like God told me to, I, I swallowed for him. Yeah, I was a good Christian girlfriend. I swallowed my antidepressants like a good girl. Not enough, not enough. He cheated on me. Twice, we were like together three months. And, but now I'm thinking we're in San Francisco. You know, was it really cheating or was he just microdosing on monogamy? <laughs> But we made, we made some good memories, though. I mean, uh, he was 51. You know, he's a, he was a, not old. I don't, I don't call him older. He was, a, he was a person of advanced experience, not an older guy. That's what I tell people. And boy, was he experienced in, in microdosing. He got me into shrooms. I explored that side of myself. And, uh, you know, he, uh, like, I really explored my sexuality. I, I, I found out things I did not know about myself. I, I found out that I, that I liked, you know, a little bit of choking. Listen to that for a while. I know math tutors are big. We get kinky. And, uh, but after that, we had to take it up a notch, you know, kind of elevate the danger, heighten the passion, like, you know, heighten the pleasure. So we went out in the middle of nowhere. We went camping, you know, just like new moon, completely dark, coyotes howling in the distance. And we, uh, we pitched the tent right near the PG&E high voltage transmission lines. <laughs> like, oh yeah, 5% humidity, 50 mile, an hour per, 50 mile an hour winds. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> I never came harder. <laughs> In my mind, a healthy fantasy life is important. Fantasies are, are healthy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't microdose anymore. No, uh, I, I macrodose. <laughs> you ever macrodose on OZV? You ever done this? Old Vine Zinfandel? <laughs> Never done that. You should. Self-care is important. <laughs> you should do it. What did he? <laughs> oh, why did we break up? My God. It, it's not because I'm transgender. No, that's not it. Uh, that's, the only segue, that's the only segue I can think of. <laughs> no segue. Just ask my dad about that one. I'll tell you. 
being transgender is not the best of both worlds. I don't know why some cisgender dudes think this. No, having to go to the proctologist and the gynecologist ain't the best of both worlds. No, no. <laughs> I want to... <laughs> I want to go to a doctor, you know, who does both. There, you know, proctologist, gynecologist. And there's got to be a doctor out there who's double majored, you know, <laughs> studied both ends. One-stop shop. That's what I want. I'm a busy woman, and <laughs> thank you. <laughs> go to the procto gyno. Yeah, come on, San Francisco. You claim to be woke. Where's the procto gyno? <laughs> kind of sounds like a like a dinosaur. <laughs> it's like. The Proctogynosaurus roamed the Earth 65 million years ago. It was an omnivore. It was the best of both worlds. Oh, we covered a lot of ground, didn't we? We did. We did. Get a lot of questions about my trans uh, my transition. You know, people are very curious. It's understandable and. You can probably guess the most common question that I get. You don't have to say it. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your eyes. Do I, you know, feel that Caitlyn Jenner best represents my community, right? Am I right? Oh, shit, no. All right. <laughs> well, I am good at protecting. <laughs> That's true. Get asked a lot, I get asked a lot about my sexuality and, and uh, mostly by dudes. It's gotten to the point where I've been asked so much that now I just tell somebody that I identify as mesexual. You ever heard of this? Like, meh. <laughs> Sexual? Yeah, which means that I, I treat sex like a round-trip bar ticket to Hayward. <laughs> Some destination I haven't been to in a while. <laughs> Maybe it's good now. Never is. PGPs, I should talk about uh, preferred gender pronouns before I leave the stage, that'd be good. My preferred gender pronouns are she, her, and hers. Now my PGIs, are you guys familiar with those, PGIs? Preferred gender insults, oh. those are important too. My preferred gender insults are cunt. It's important, and just that one. <laughs> It's a, it's a very triggering word, I know. The first time a guy called me a kind of was very triggering, like it triggered this warm, satisfying feeling. <laughs> Knowing that I won that argument. Yay. <laughs> My name is Sabrina Miller. Y'all have been great. Give it up for your host, Pam Benjamin. the word cunt I, I like it so much too because it, it perfectly segues into your next comedian because he is from London and I believe that they use that word as like an expression of kindness I think I think that when you call someone a right cunt it means that you actually are friends with them or something <laughs> put your hands together everybody right I don't know He's, I guess he's a right cunt. I don't know. Everybody put your hands together for Daniel McKeon. Yay! Yeah, that's that's right. I'm not not from here. I know. I knew. I kind of. I'm having some trouble fitting in because I got here and um, I flew in and my girlfriend was like, "Just get Bart," and I was like, "Who's who's Bart? Do you see? <laughs> does he pick me up? Do I ride him?" 
What's the deal? I, I, it's just you were talking a bit about your job at Walmart. I work, I've worked in customer service jobs the last sort of five years, like bars and cafes, which really means that I've read reams and reams of health and safety documentation and retained none of the information. <laughs> Uh, the main thing I remember, and I think we all know this, is that when you are lifting something heavy, you're supposed to lift with your legs and not your back, uh, which does feel like a corporate mandate to slut drop on a regular basis. <laughs> I like imagining the executive meeting, like, we want our employees to be safe. It's like, no, I want them to be hoes. I want them... <laughs> and you can't... You can't really tell in these trousers, but I am kind of a thick bitch, so, like... <laughs> I'm on the mission. I'm team. I'm team slam all the way. I'm good. Uh, I just really like to show off that I have a bit of a. The real show's back here. You guys are. You guys are missing out on the whole thing. Um, and I think uh, it's not my fault, by the way, that I, I don't remember uh, health and safety stuff. It's because the quizzes are too easy. If they test you, the, the quizzes they give you, there will always be stuff like, if a customer has an allergy, how should you proceed? Is it A, talk to your manager about ingredients? Is it B, take a nap? <laughs> Or is, it, or is it C, option A? Like, you really can't... And I'm still, I'm, I'm standing there reading it like, I am tired, I actually. That does sound cool. Uh, and it's for this reason mainly that I ended up working at a, a pub that got a one-star health rating, which was embarrassing for us because we didn't do food. So, like... <laughs> We, we just kind of messed up pouring liquid into cups enough for bacteria to form. It was unhygienic in weird ways too. Like there was mold on the ice. I, I, I don't know how that's possible, really. It's, I thought we could market it as like spicy ice, you know? Like a little kick, a little kick with your water. Well, you don't like spicy ice? Classic white people, classic. Don't get it twisted, I'm not delusional. I, I know I am myself a white people. Uh, I'm very typically white, I think. I, I love Vampire Weekend and I regularly apologize for colonialism. Uh, <laughs> and if I'm singing along to a rap song, I replace the N-word with fellas. <laughs> uh, the other unhygienic thing that happened in this place is that I went to make a, a lemonade from the lemonade gun and ants came out of it. Uh, <laughs> Like a biblical plague, <laughs> like God himself wanted us to stop. That was where we were at. Uh, the reason it was so badly run is that our managers loved cocaine more than they loved paying us. That was really <laughs> the situation. And through it all, they'd always be like, but we're a family, we're a family here. And it was like, you just fired our last five dads in a row. <laughs> My boss used to do this joke where he would jokingly call me boss uh, and then joke about firing me for legitimate reasons. So I really didn't know what his vibe was. It was a weird situation. He'd be like, yeah, boss. And I'd be like, yeah. It's like, no, no, you're disposable. Uh, it was very odd. It was weird. Uh, I was really bad at small talk with customers when they came in. If a cu a customer, I saw a customer was, pay uh, Boston? What? A customer was pay paying with a, a Barclay card and it's a bank back home and I was like, oh, that's my bank. <laughs> and he went as if like, what is he gonna say? Like, oh yeah, I love the decor in there. I love, <laughs> it's my favorite place to queue. They really, uh, worse than all this is that it was a craft beer place. The, dr the kind of place where the drinks taste earthy, which means they taste of dirt, I don't know. <laughs> It's not my, it's not really for me, but they'd always have these kitsch millennial names for all the beers. It'd be really odd. They'd be called stuff like Big Dick Energy or like Rihanna would drink this stout or like, or just like, yeah, sours, you know, that would be.
<laughs> it was really weird. It wasn't. It wasn't for me. I found out the only reason I'm, I'm rebringing up is I found out my boss recently. He went to jail for fraud. So the justice system works, I guess. It was. I was reading the article about it. And it was like no one suspected Patrick would do this. He was such a nice guy. It's like he wasn't. No one. No one said that. No one. Everyone's sharing this article on Facebook because they hated him. <laughs> He used to he used to say to me, just like you, you make jokes at work, but you never smile. Like it's because I'm afraid of you. That's really, that's why. Anyway, there's nothing more to say about that. I, I'm quite an anxious guy, kind of by nature, and I, I, I recently went to a workshop to help manage anxiety. And the woman who ran it thought it'd be a good idea to sort of go to start things by going. By the way, if the fire alarm goes off, that is not a drill. <laughs> and I, I was like, cool, what do you know? Like, are you Count Olaf in disguise? Or like, what is the deal? <laughs> she went on to be like, here are some breathing exercises to reduce stress. And I was like, is that to blow out the fire? <laughs> I think it's quite hard. I don't know if, I mean, I imagine the same here, but it's quite hard to get the treatment you need for mental health. I feel this way because I was reading, there was a university in, in England that to help de-stress exam students introduced a goose feeding session. And I just feel like several animals must have canceled <laughs> before they got to goose because because uh, geese are easily top three most stressful animals in the world. Uh, like I've never felt relaxed with a goose. The most I've felt is like disappointed that it wasn't a duck, you know, because they don't eat bread. They break your arm. They, <laughs> I think maybe it would be a good treatment for depression because if there was a goose in your room, you would get out of bed. That would, uh, uh, yeah. I, I think I should also address the fact that I'm not 12. That sometimes is a thing <laughs> that needs to happen. I kind of have the face of like a spoiled Edwardian child. I think, you know, the kind of kid that would just be like, oh, father. You said I could have another sugar plum treat. That's my energy. You gotta go with it. Uh, I, would, I don't think anybody here would be surprised if it turned out I'd dress up as my mother and kill people in motels. That you'd be like, sure he did. Uh, the main reason I'm here is that I'm in a, I'm in a long distance relationship. Uh, we didn't really mean to be. We were both just playing hard to get, and it got out of control. Uh, but when you're in a long distance relationship, texting is really important because it's your main form of communication, you know, so typos are sort of quite disastrous. I texted my girlfriend to say, I miss you, baby. And the baby also corrected to Abby. Her name is not Abby. Um, and then I followed up, I'm really sorry, I just wish you were here. And the here also corrected to her. It was not, it was not good. It's a bit weird. We've been in a long distance relationship for coming up on four years now, which can be quite strange to explain to people. Uh, I found this with my mum's boyfriend recently because he asked us if we were going to stay faithful to one another. And then it was strange because then I had to like explain monogamy to the guy dating my mother. <laughs> and it's like she's been hurt before, Graham. Be careful with her. <laughs> uh, the reason that we've been in a long distance relationship for, for four years is because we met on the blogging website tumblr.com. Uh, I don't know if you guys, you guys know what that is. <laughs> Cool, you'll know then that it's a place where art students and hentai fans like to meet to discuss social issues. That's really, uh, it's, um, it's, it's cool if you don't know what it is because they banned porn there recently. So everybody left, <laughs> no one, it was a whole thing. Uh, but um, 
everyone thought she was a catfish when we first started dating. <laughs> everyone thought she was a catfish. Because I look quite catfishable, I think. Like, <laughs> I'm also extremely stupid. I know you guys think cause the accent is a whole thing, but like, there's a conspiracy theory that Finland isn't real, and I like kind of believe it. Like, <laughs> If it's true, I don't know who wins, you know? I don't know who, I don't know who gets out of that. Um, but everyone thought she was a catfish. Uh, I, and I didn't help the fact that her name is Ireland, like the country that neither her nor her parents have been to. Uh, I like to think they just saw it on the map and were like, well, that's our baby girl right there. But we had each other on like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those things. So at that point, if you're still a catfish, it's like, yeah, you earned my credit card details. Like, <laughs> you put the effort in. Uh, um, hmm, I've only got one minute left. Uh, the main reason I knew that she wasn't a catfish is because I watched the hit TV show, Catfish the TV <laughs> Show. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this program, but if you ever think you're being lied to on the internet, you gotta, you got to talk to these guys. Because <laughs> they'll come along, these two guys, uh, and they are uh, boyfriends or brothers? I don't... <laughs> it's not entirely clear what their relationship is. Uh, and then they'll, you come on, these guys come on Catfish and they'll go, oh, I'm in love with this person. We've been together for five years. We don't Skype, but I do, <laughs> but I do Venmo them $50,000 every Friday. Uh, and, and the Catfish guys will go away and they'll come back and like, well, we did the bare minimum of research. Uh, and we found out it's the elephant man and he's been using your money to fund his DJ career. <laughs> <laughs> and then the D and the DJ guy is like trying to apologize, but clearly doesn't care. I don't have an ending there, but um, I think that's my time. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Cheers. Thanks so much for meeting the radio. Daniel McKeon, everyone! Yay! All the way from London. Catfishing, you crazy kids with your internet dating and stuff. It's crazy to me. Some people say when you internet date that you should raise the bar. And some people say that you should lower the bar. And I say meet at the bar. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You go to a bar and you meet people. Isn't that how it works? No? Just me? Cool. <laughs> Surprising to me. I'm so excited for your next comedian. You're going to love her so much. Put your hands together for Sarah and G and Bruno. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, I'm at the comedy clubhouse. I was just watching Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse, and now I'm at the comedy clubhouse. Um, but you don't have a talking chair or like a vaguely racist floating head in a box. So this this is fun, but nah. <laughs> hi, hi everybody. My name is Sarah Jum Bruno. Um, you guys don't know me, so I'm really just. Let me just get on your guys' level. Let's relate to one another. Um, I have a really high butt crack. So there's something about me. I'm being vulnerable. Um, it's really tall. It's like the tallest butt crack you've ever seen. Um, I wear high-waisted pants, yet somehow my butt crack still shows. Um, I was a teenager between the years of like 2004 and 2002. 
10. And those years, I don't know if you remember fashion from those years, but zippers were like half an inch long. All jeans were low-rise jeans. And my friends were dicks. So in high school, what happened a lot of the time is we would go hang out in a parking garage to skateboard. Um, and my friends would throw quarters into my butt crack, which um, they thought would piss me off. But fuck you guys, I take those quarters. I get another 40. So it's not hurting my feelings. Um, but no, it's weird because you can't tell because of my clothing. But it's like, here's my belly button. And if you just kind of draw a line, all oh, that's pretty much where it starts, you know? Um, I can wipe my ass by reaching over my shoulder. Um, someone was like, Sarah, that is the cutest sports bra I can see between your shoulders there. And I was like, that is my thong. It's my whale tail. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, it's genetic, because I noticed that uh, my brother has a very tall butt crack as well, um, and so does my dad. And they both work in the plumbing industry. <laughs> so what the fuck am I doing, you guys? Like, I need to follow my destiny. I pulled something out of the, um, what do you call it? The garbage disposal. I pulled something out the other day. It was like I was realizing what I always should be doing, you know? So shout out to the guy who's a janitor. I respect that. That's dope, you know? Um, let's see. I'm actually looking for a job right now, you guys, and it's pretty rough. Um, I put up my like little resume on a bunch of different websites, and I've been getting like emails, you know, about like, hey, your skills match these things. And um, I've been offered not one, not two, but... Uh, three chances to interview for a crematory assistant position. <laughs> I worked, I've worked in clothing stores. I don't know where they got this idea, you know? One is just like, I guess, your regular like body oven facility. One place is for pets, for pets. I'm like, I can't picture myself throwing puppies into an oven, dead or alive, so I'm not doing that one. But the one that I was kind of like, was uh, the Catholic crematory position. That one is fucking crazy. Because they were like, must have extensive knowledge of Catholic ceremonies. And I'm like, I've been to church once for a funeral. And those Catholics, man, they fucking exercise at church. No wonder people don't want to go. It's just like up and down all the time. It was awful. Um, but I do kind of want to interview for the job. Uh, even though I don't think there's any amount of money they could pay me to make me want to burn dead bodies or work with Catholic people. But I kind of want to interview just so I could be like, yeah, so yeah, no, everything sounds great, medical, dental. Um, so when do I get to burn the bodies? Uh, do I get alone time with the bodies before we burn them? How much, like, I want to just see what the limits are and see if I can still get that job. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, what else? Uh, I've gotten kicked off of some internet websites, you guys. <laughs> Has anyone else gotten just like banned from a website before? Just oh yeah, you you just got Zuckerberged, I think, right? That sucks. Um, I've never been Zuckerberged, but I got banned from Twitter, and they sent me a very long email that was like, "Hey, one of your tweets violates our terms and conditions of inciting violence." So I don't know, I had to like scroll through and see what the fuck I said, but they wouldn't let me back on. So I was like, what tweet is it? You need to tell me so I can handle this. They showed me the tweet. Um, all I did, you guys, in my defense was, 
I tweeted at the real Donald Trump. I hope you will die soon. <laughs> it's not inciting violence. That's just like, that's my personal hopes and dreams that they're now saying is inappropriate. So I responded and I was like, you know, that's not really inciting violence. Like I didn't say, you know, like go get him, you know, tear him limb for limb. I didn't say that. Um, so I asked if maybe instead of deleting the entire tweet, I could just edit. If I could edit the tweet to say like uh, at real Donald Trump, I hope you will die in your sleep soon, surrounded by your loved ones. They said that that wasn't good either, so I just ended up deleting the tweet because I had to take a shit and I really had to talk about it for all my people out there. Now, um, I also can't use Airbnb anymore, you guys. Yeah, um, so I have to, you know, use hotels or people's couches when I travel because uh, Airbnb, you know, they said to me that I cannot advertise to rent my uterus for nine months for $30,000. And that's anti-women, frankly. So you guys can find me on Vag b and It's essentially the same thing, only this one cares about women. Yeah, I got my period the other day, guys. But I got a yeast infection. So there's still something baking in this oven, unfortunately. Um, I really suck at taking my birth control, but I don't want to have kids ever unless I can get $30,000 for one and I don't have to fucking keep it, right guys? Come on. Um, I'm really bad at taking my birth control, but I'm, my period's always very irregular. That's why my ovaries are named Ross and Rachel because they can't get their shit to work. So yeah, um, I want to come up with like a new birth control facilitation device. Um, I want to string the pills along on a little necklace, like what you get at Chuck E. Cheese for a birthday party. So then you can just like look down and just be like, it's Tuesday, and then just be on your way and you're not gonna get pregnant. And people ask me like why I don't get the implant or the IUD, and I don't know, I know what's up. They're slut tracking devices. I'm not cool with that shit. I don't want any part of it. Oh man, when a uh, you know, when the, the whole 2016 debacle happened, I really thought it was game over for my pussy and everything there in the cauldron. Um, so I started stocking up on Plan B pills. Because I was like, you know what? If there's going to be a major tragedy, I'm going to help my sisters, but also charge them four times the market price and line my damn pockets because I am an American deep at heart and I love money. So... Call me the Pablo Escobar of Plan B. I'll have a balloon in my butthole. Meet me later. I'll sell it to you. But now I just have all these Plan B pills because like nothing really happened. So I just wasted a ton of money. So um, if anybody hit me up, I'll charge you twice the market price. It's an investment, you guys. Um, so if I do get pregnant and abortion gets like illegal axed no more, um, there's Plan C. Not Six Flags, you guys. It's awesome. You get an entire day of the funnest abortions of your life for like $65 and an empty can of Coke. Ba -ba -da -da. No, you know what, though? A lot of people, they're like, Sarah, you shouldn't joke about like hating babies and not wanting kids. I don't hate babies, but I don't want kids because they're all armed. It makes me nervous. Um, and some people are like, you know, people out there really want to have kids and they can't. They are infertile. 
And I actually saw a documentary and there was a woman who was like, you know, there are frozen embryos that have been in a freezer since the year 2000. They are just like all they're ready to go. They're ready to be shot up in there and they're just in a freezer, you know, and she says she believes that life begins at conception so that this is a terrible quality of life to spend 20 years in a freezer, you know. And I disagree. I think that's pretty chill. You know, like you're like, think about all the things that have happened in the past 20 years, you guys, like Hurricane Katrina, that kid could have drowned in Hurricane Katrina, but thankfully they were in a freezer, you guys. 9-11, they could have been in 9-11. They could have felt the trauma, but thankfully they were in a freezer. You know, you guys, they could have gotten bird flu, swine flu, HPV, but thankfully they were in a freezer. So you know what? Fuck that lady. Those babies were fine before she tried to have a live baby. She shot six, seven, eight, something, eight, eight frozen embryos up in her cauldron. And guess how many came out alive? Uno. One baby. So if we're using her logic against her, didn't she just fucking kill seven people, you guys? What a monster. You know, before, before I got out of here, um, you know, life is a highway. The world is a vampire. My body is a cage. Um, God is a DJ and 9-11 was an inside job, you guys. Thank you. Sergio Bruno, 9-11 was an inside job, yay. That was great. You were so political. You were talking about like women's rights and shit. That's crazy. You know what I learned in the 2016 election? That only some people hate black people, but everyone hates women. <laughs> that's what I that's what I learned by Hillary's just too tough looking in those pantsuits. But you know what I love about uh, Lizzie Warren? Not just that her name rhymes with Lizzie Borden, but I also love that she's constantly looks like she just came out of yoga class. Like she looks like with her scoop neck tee that she just, just walked out of yoga class and she's got like she's put a jacket on, just chilling. She's mmm. Uh, your next comedian, I'd probably vote for her for president. Put your hands together for Deb Mar. This isn't the first time I've seen this. Seems to be a theme. Thank you, Pam. Thank you for creating and maintaining this space. It's really amazing. And you're funny, I found out. I think you should be less busy shepherding other comics. Just work on your own comedy. Fuck us. Now that was awesome. Um, thanks to all the other comics, too, for um, probably making me look like shit tonight. I love it, and I forgot that this door's open. I didn't even know that the mission gets this cold, because I'm in the outer sunset, and my kegel muscle is getting very challenged right now. <laughs> I don't go outside at night in the sunset in, let's just call it winter. Oh my goodness, this is my first 
showcase ever. Which, you know, is like breaking the comic cherry. Are you folks regular people, like not comics? So a showcase, I just spotted you. A showcase is where someone asks you, because normally you're just a schmuck signing up on a list that anyone can come off the street and sign up off of. And Pam asked me to be here. And um, usually people ask me to leave. So um, the fact that someone wants me to stay somewhere and keep my mouth open. <laughs> you guys are witnessing something really special, okay? It might be the last time, too. Okay, so I was working on this, right? It's my, it's my first showcase. And, um, oh, before I even get to that, um, I'm telling people about this, right? And it's kind of like inviting your friends to watch you have sex for the first time, <laughs> which is, um, you know, it's gonna be awkward, but it's also kind of celebratory, <laughs> you know? I'm used to ambivalence. <laughs> You'll know why soon. Um, because, uh, I, so, I thought, okay, I should introduce myself a little, let people know who I am. Um, although, normally, I'm an incredibly private person. Um, but my psychologist told me that if I'm not honest up here, I'm creating barriers to intimacy. So, um, after I told her to fuck off, <laughs> I, um, no, I put together this little list. And um, so one thing to know about me is that, and you know, I, I kind of spoiled it, but um, I have invisible disability because I've got a thing for creating suspense. Um, okay, nobody knows what invisible disability is here. That's okay, okay. So I have PTSD and I have a learning disability. So a lot of psychiatric disabilities, um, well maybe all of them, a couple <laughs> other diseases. We call those invisible disabilities because people say to you, oh, you don't look like you have a disability. And um, to which I say, hey retard, looks like I'm not the only one. <laughs> Um, yeah, oh, I'm blanking out a little because of my learning disability. So let's talk to the crowd. <laughs> um, da Daniel, is that your name? Daniel, welcome to this country. Um, so you clearly have major fears of intimacy. If, um, <laughs> I think my psychologist is full, but, um, the, okay, so we're on two continents here? Yes. Okay. And uh, girlfriend, what's your name? Ireland or Ireland? I, right, Ireland who hasn't been there. 
Have you gotten there? Have you visited? Have you, you'd have. Oh, oh, I see. He hasn't modified the, the bit. Because it's too good, isn't it? It's too good, Ireland. I can't drop it, baby. Daniel, she loves you. Okay? That is true love. And you know, I have a feeling you guys should never live on the same continent. Just keep it, get married on a boat and go back home. Both of ya. Okay. Um, all right. So back to my, oh, and I'm getting dry mouth. Aaron, do you mind handing me my little bottle? Oh, thank you. Yay, Aaron. That's my, that is my super supportive housemate with the good job. Okay. So, um, yes, people will say to me, oh, um, either like, oh, you don't look like you're disabled, or you look too good. Like, you look great. You look too good to be disabled. Like, like there's a universal disabled look, <laughs> right? Um, there isn't even a universal abled look. <laughs> If you noticed, um, and that also suggests that like um, too good, look too good to be disabled. So now if you have a bad hair day, you're disabled. Just, I'm just letting you know. Um, and could you imagine, I was thinking about this, like these ideas. Can you imagine if somebody said um, to FDR, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, when he was sitting behind a desk, because the man was paralyzed from polio, somebody saying to him, yo, Frankie, I did not take you for a disabled guy. You just don't. You're so stately. You don't look disabled. You pass. Congratulations. Mr. President. Um, yes, ideas are really nuts. Perceptions are not reality. Um, another note about um, having PTSD. My psychologist this week decided she needed heart surgery. The same week I'm doing my first showcase. <laughs> And I have a diagnosis for that. It's called narcissism. Okay? Okay? Clearly, I am not the only one with issues in the relationship. Am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She, she couldn't get heart problems next week, could she? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. Something else about me. I'm an addict. Shocker! Um, and um, so my addiction is anorexia, actually. Actually, I'm in recovery, um, but it, you're, it's always with you. And I'm anorexic um, basically because I'm cheap. Yeah, I'm, I'm a value shopper. 
nothing's a better value than nothing. <laughs> I mean, and it gets you high. I, I think I'm brilliant. People who are spending money on drugs, I'm like, sucker. What? And um, I'm like too Jewish to be a drug addict anyway. I'd be like, where's the, where's the label on my cocaine? What happened to, who made this? What they put, are there additives? What about the nutrition profile? I would probably drive drug dealers to the brink of suicide. Um, can I have a receipt, please? Like, what if I need to return it? You're expecting me to keep something? Like, what if this batch doesn't get me as high as the last one? I'm supposed to, I'm just supposed to keep it? Have a lower high? Have a medium? What do you call that? Oh my God. Um, there is more about me. Um, okay, if I wrap up with, um, wrap quick. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm older and um, I've admitted this. Um, but I'm still very fertile because I know you were all wondering. Um, when you get older though, everything moves a little slower. This, this was my egg recently making its way down the fallopian tube. Ah, ah, I'm coming. Oh my God, how long is this tube? All right, shut up. What's the rush? It's not like anybody's fucking her. Oh, my sciatica. Oh, all right, I'm gonna get there. Calm down. It's not like that dildo's gonna shoot live ammo. All right. Okay, that's my time. I'm Deb, thank you. Yay. Deb Moore, everyone, yay. <laughs> Menopause is real. I'm going through it. It's rough. The only good thing about menopause is I'll never have to have another abortion, which is exciting. Uh, and my underwear have never been happier. Like, I can wear sexy underwear. Finally, finally, all those sexy underwear won't get all gross over time. Uh, we have your headliner right now. He's amazing. He's hilarious. Uh, he was recently at the Punchline. You're going to love him. Put your hands together for Nate Spears. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? I ate the edible at the beginning of the show, so um, it's gonna be fun. Uh, I, uh, uh, anyone smoke weed every day? Yeah, show of hands. Who smokes weed every single day? <laughs> I smoke weed like every like I, as soon as I wake up, I smoke weed like every single morning. 
and it's a necessity because like if I don't smoke weed in the morning my brain is just it's, it, you know it just goes everywhere like if I, if I don't smoke weed and I wake up I'm just like oh hey what's going on today in the news oh everybody got shot okay cool like oh Trump's still president oh that's great you know fucking was but if, when I wake up and I smoke weed first I'm just like animals are dope you know <laughs> Um, I love weed. I hate, though, how they say weed is a gateway drug, guys. I disagree. I mean, they, they still say that. You know that? Um, I, I, I wholeheartedly disagree because uh, cocaine has gotten me into so many gated communities, you know? Um, like, weed is more like the I got to the gate and forgot why I came, so I'm going to eat these Cheetos kind of is better. Um, I have a cat. Um, oh, you guys like cats. Nice. Nice. Anyone not like cats? Anyone hate cats in here? This is San Francisco. I know it's a weird place to ask that question. Um, some people hate cats. I, I don't think it's fair to say that you don't like cats without ever having owned a cat. You know, I don't think that's fair at all. That's like saying you don't like black people without ever having owned a black. You don't know. Like, it might be dope. Um, I can say that. Um, <laughs> I love, um, I was walking around in San Francisco the other day and I saw this homeless lady and she had a cat on a leash. Yeah, some of you guys didn't hear me. I was walking in San Francisco and this homeless lady had a cat on a leash. I've never seen that. I see homeless dogs all the time and they're just walking next to the homeless person, but she had the cat on a leash and I was like, oh, I get it. It's because the stereotype is true that cats are like women and dogs are like men because dogs are dumb and loyal and they'll follow you anywhere. But she knew if she took that cat off the leash, the cat would have been like, I can do better. You know, I don't need to be here right now. You guys hate women. That's cool. Um, <laughs> So, anyone vote for Trump? <laughs> no? <laughs> really? One person? No, I know you didn't vote for Trump, dude. I didn't, I didn't vote for Trump either. I didn't vote. I'm sorry. It was, <laughs> it was my fault. I didn't write any jokes either when he won uh, because I felt like it'd be a waste of time because it was too easy, you know? Uh, but I will say this. A couple years ago, um, I was walking around in San Francisco and uh, this white homeless dude yelled at me, go back to Africa. And at the time, I thought he was being racist, but it turns out he might have just been warning me, you know? <laughs> like, you might want to get the fuck out of here. How long has he been president now? Three years. Three years? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got to update that joke. <laughs> it's... Damn, do you think he's gonna get reelected? You guys wanna talk about this? I don't wanna. <laughs> or you guys wanna talk about happy stuff? Uh, we, can, we can move on, it's fine. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do some older jokes that I haven't done in a while, I think, cause well, fuck it, who cares, right? Uh, um, a little bit about me, um, I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm, I'm not a mean person. You guys look really confused. I like to say everything I'm not, because people always say what they are, right? Because when you say what you are, people just believe you. Like, if I walked into a room full of strangers and it was like, I'm an astronaut, everybody in that room would be like, that guy's a fucking astronaut, right? <laughs> he just said it. Like, that, that's what... But, like, if I walked in that same room and was like, I'm not gay, everybody in that room would be like, I think he's fucking gay. Like, I think... <laughs> just something about him. Um... I, uh, I want to be an actor. That's like my ultimate goal. Like when I started comedy, I want to be an actor, but I can't afford headshots. 
Uh, so I just started running red lights, you know. Just, <laughs> you gotta be smart. Um, I, uh, what do you guys want to hear a joke about? Someone yell out a topic. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> Star Wars? Oh shit, I forgot I was wearing that. I don't have any Star Wars. I don't know anything about Star Wars. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I've seen all the Star Wars movie. How many black people are there in Star Wars? Yeah, I, you can't, that doesn't count. That's <laughs> like one person in the universe of, there's like two, right? There's only two black people in, was that? Darth Vader? I guess in America, yeah, he's black. Like, they, he probably would still get pulled over, uh, I feel like. That's true. I just realized that there's only like three black people I'm gonna include Darth Vader in that. There's only three, even with him, there's only three black people in space. That's what Star Wars teaches you. Chewbacca. I don't know if that's a racist question or not. I don't, I don't know how to answer that. Um, he did kind of speak gibberish. No, I'm just kidding. I, no, just, oh man, this is, how racy do we want this to get? Um, do we want to like it's a um it's a weird climate right now like I'm, I'm i have a girlfriend but i was at a bar the other day and this girl was outside and she was drunk and she she was like hey, can you help me find my car and i helped her find her car and then she was like oh is there any way i can thank you right and i knew what she was kind of saying but she was drunk you know she wasn't thinking right and i didn't want to be that guy so i did the responsible thing guys and i let her drive home drunk you know <laughs> i'm not touching that um just, uh, um, anyone have kids? Anyone leave their kids at home? <laughs> no? <laughs> you guys know? Smart crowd. Uh, I don't have any kids. Um, I have a niece, though. Uh, she's she's uh, really young. She's at that young age where you can't understand everything she says. You know, like the other day, she was like, Uncle Nate, I really love juice. Or Jews. I couldn't tell which one. <laughs> but I was like, it doesn't matter. Either one, if you ever come across one in your life. You squeeze everything you can out of them because you know what and I, i'm jewish you don't know like i can say that joke i'm not jewish um it's fine i don't want any i don't know if i want kids you know like i do you, does anyone want kids in here <laughs> you said that with so much sure you, you were very sure of that right are you are you fucking right now tons, tons? yeah <laughs> nice what's your preferred uh, uh Oh shit, that's that's the way to do it, guys. Just clean that shit out. Damn, that's nice. I'm thinking about getting snipped soon. I don't like I, here's the reason. Well, I was at McDonald's the other day and I was in line to get my food and this lady was in front of me and she had two kids with her and she bought three cheeseburgers and that's one for her and one for each kid, right? And that's cool, you know. But I was next in line and I got three cheeseburgers. <laughs> And I had three fucking cheeseburgers, and I, that's a part of the reason why I don't want to have kids. Um, plus, like, college is expensive. Like, do you guys think college should be free? Yes. I, I actually disagree with that. I don't think college should be free, because if college was free, then my drug dealer might find purpose in his life, you know? 
Like he might realize like, oh, I'm selling weed. Why am I doing that? I can go to school for free and learn chemistry. And then he goes to school and he learns chemistry. And he's like, well, I know chemistry now. Why am I selling weed? I can sell meth. And he starts selling meth. And like he's the only guy I know in town. So now I got to start smoking meth. And I don't know. I can't afford to smoke meth. So now I got to start sucking dicks just so I can afford to smoke meth. And that's why I don't think college should be free. <laughs> all I'm saying. Why do we go to straight to sucking dicks for money when like, why is that a thing? No one ever says, man, I need to start eating pussy, I guess. It's like, no one ever says that, it's weird. There's a lot of weird things that we, like the other day I was in San Francisco, this woman yelled out, suck my dick to someone as an insult. And uh, women do that a lot. And, and I realize it's because no one, like if she said, eat my pussy, like three dudes and five lesbians will pop out a bush. Like, well, she's talking to me because I'll do that shit. Right now, but no one wants to suck a dick. Like, what's the fuck is up with that? Like, does any anyone like sucking dicks? Anyone? And this is why I haven't gotten a blowjob. And like, so, I just it sucks. I don't know. I I like. I, when are we gonna start calling blowjobs blow hobbies? Right? I don't. It's. I've never had anyone finish one. I don't know. Have you or? I just, I always feel like a, I always, I feel like a disappointed dad, like in his kid, you know, like I bought you knee pads and every, like they just quit. Every, uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get out of here soon. Someone yell out another topic. What, what kind of joke you want to hear? Just, you guys are like, are you guys high? Food? It's a fast food. Okay. Um, I have like. A few fast food, let me see, fast food jokes. Anybody fucking tonight? Trust me, this is going somewhere. Any, no? No? Like I said, I have a girlfriend, but I was single for a while, and when I was single, I, I went a long time without having sex. I don't know how long you guys have gone, but I went like a really long time, and it was so long that like, when I knew I was gonna have sex, like when I knew I, it was really gonna happen, I got the same feeling and reaction that you got when you went to Jack in the Box, and you ordered the regular fries, and at the bottom of the bag, there's like two or three curly fries, you know? It's the same exact feeling. It's like somebody fucked up, but I'm not gonna say shit, because I'm eating tonight. I'll take what I can get. I don't know. All right, guys, I'm Nate Spears. Thank you so much. Nate Spears, yay! That's our show. They, they left at the right time, ladies. That was amazing. They stayed for all the comics. They're amazing. You're amazing. Comics who've been here, all the people who are in the audience. This is great. I had a great time. I laughed at everyone's jokes. I'm over the moon. Thank you all so much for supporting Mutiny Radio. There's a week left to apply for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, if you're listening. Uh, that's online, and it's March 1st through 7th, and it's seven days, 75 shows. It's going to be amazing. And please follow us on Instagram at Mutiny Radio SF. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, clap it up for David Zunzu, running the ones and twos in the back. Clap it up for yourselves. Thank you so much for being here. Good night, yay!
If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Harris, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Permanent Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch
Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. But you can apply now through November 30th. 50 shows in seven days, over 50 comics from all around the U.S., and you could be one of them. Go to the Mutiny Radio website, www.mutinyradio.fm. Click the Apply button. Pay that 20 bucks. Donate to Mutiny Radio and apply with your five-minute video to the Mutiny Radio 5th Annual Comedy Festival coming up March 1st through 7th, 2020. Submissions close November 30th. Get those submissions in now. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Sup. 
subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month, Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. The San Francisco water supply. But you guys eat ass, right? It's not a big deal. Make some noise for Tommy Feldman! Another public service announcement. Make don't forget the uh, donations here. All right, <clears throat> thank you. All right, how's everybody doing? Everybody good? Everybody have a nice holiday. Yeah, took the family to Disneyland. Uh, no jokes about that. I just want to let you guys know that I did take my family to Disneyland. Um, <clears throat> so. Um, so uh, I'd like to start off with a little bit of good news. Okay. Uh, I just found out that I was rated the funniest person in the East Bay. Yes, by my seven-year-old son. Yeah, he said it was pretty close. It was between me and Ms. Murphy, his uh, second grade teacher. He said, uh, <clears throat> but Dad, you tell poop jokes, and she doesn't. So uh, nailed that competition. 
but uh, <clears throat> you know, it occurred to me the other day that I haven't really done any jokes about my wife yet. Would you guys like to hear a joke about my wife? Yeah. All right, the, the guys are like, yeah, the girls are like, oh, maybe not. Okay, so my wife is Japanese. Thank you. And uh, there is this stereotype of Japanese ladies as being really into cuteness. Uh, in Japanese, they call it kawaii, right? Uh, and I have to tell you, that is absolutely tr true. Um, my, my, my wife and I are together. We're walking somewhere, and she'll see a puppy or a kitten. And she ha she'll have to stop immediately and try to pet them. She'll be like, I love him. But my wife also has a dark inner samurai that comes out, especially when she's angry. Like when one of my children forgets to flush a number two. She'll be like, you stupid. So both of those sides exist. Um, so uh, yeah, I do have uh, three children uh, together and I have to tell you that uh, it is expensive. It's not easy raising three children, you know? We do what we can to save money, you know? Like uh, when we go to a restaurant, we go to places that specifically offer kids eat free which is clearly targeted at the parents, right? Because if you're a kid, let's face it, every meal is kids eat free, right? Uh, because, you know, eventually they're like, Dad, I don't want a kid's meal. Okay, son, what do you want to eat? Um, the most expensive thing on the menu? Okay, exactly. Sure, son, okay, fine, here you go, you know? Um, but um, I think that... Uh, you know, over time, kids, they, um, you know, they start to, uh, where was I going with that joke? Um, uh, so, where was I on that? One second. Okay, let's, let's get straight to the dollars, to, to uh, the, the next joke, which is about Sweden. Okay, I was going to say that uh, kids, because everything... Everything that kids get is, they get to them for free, right? Okay, kids get uh, not only, as I mentioned before, free food, but they also get free healthcare, free education, and free college if they're lucky, right? So where's the Sweden connection? They're like little Swedish socialists, except maybe not as blonde on average, all right? Now, about Sweden, I actually have been to Stockholm, and I can tell you it's a very nice place to visit, all right? Uh, they have um, very sensibly designed buildings, the uh, the signage is all in Swedish and English, um, and the food is delicious, really not that expensive. Kind of like if they made Ikea into a massive theme park, that's Sweden. Now, uh, speaking of Ikea, um, I do like to shop at Ikea, but um, I also sh like to shop at the dollar store. Does anybody else like to save money at the dollar store? Yes? Okay, what do you guys like to buy at the dollar store? What? Cars? They, they, oh, okay, like the Hot Wheels, the dollar Hot Wheels. Yeah, those are, uh, those are not really Hot Wheels, actually, but um, my son will tell you that. Um, no, my, the fa <laughs> the, my favorite thing I like to buy at the dollar store is greeting cards. I mean, why pay $5 at the Hallmark store for a greeting card, right, when you can pay a dollar? Right? Okay, this guy knows. He's bought, he's, he buys them there. Now, it's, and it's not like the person's going to care, you know? It's not like, you know, they're going to go, uh, Dear Uncle David, happy birthday. What? A dollar? Get out of here with that noise. No, they're not going to do that. 
Now, <clears throat> little known fact, sometimes they offer two greeting cards for $1.50. Can you believe that? When I'm at the dollar store and I see that, I just buy everything that they have there. I don't even care what the greeting card says. You know, um, I got like half a dozen happy Kwanzaa cards back at home, and I don't even have any black friends. Uh, yet, yet, yeah, I'm working on it. All done already? Okay. Very exciting. Uh, this man is proof that Muni used to have a listener. Make some noise for Rachel D. Damn. All right. You know, right off the bat, I just have to say that, uh, guys, if you, if your first correspondence with me after I friend you is a wave, I'm defriending you, okay? It's like your mom didn't teach you how to use your words, right? I just, there is, there is nothing less attractive than a virtual, hi, right? So I've got a lot of defriending to do lately, I guess. Yeah. I'm divorced. And uh, my ex was a real straight-laced kind of guy. You know, he liked to follow the rules. Like, he uh, expected me to not cheat on him. Yeah. Just like, yeah. So I've been single for a while now, and I'm starting to get the hang of it. I really am. Uh, like, I've, I've definitely built up a good tolerance for roofies. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's fun to pretend like I haven't, though. Yeah. That's a good time, yeah. Uh, what else? My, my dad just heard my bit about how I'm not the favorite sibling, I'm not the favorite child, right? And he called me up and he was like, honey, I just want you to know that you are my favorite daughter. Which is great, honestly, because now I'm really looking forward to seeing, meeting this loser sister that I've never met, <laughs> right? Like, Thanks, dad, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, fuck Valentine's Day. I'm just, uh, I'm not a fan. I just, uh, I'm not a fan of holidays in general. I just feel like it's like another opportunity for us to celebrate capitalism. Uh, Valentine's Day, right? Uh, we're gonna, that's the one day where you get to, I don't know. I hate, I hate romantic <laughs> shit. I was, fucking hate it. So, so, all right. But, uh, I'm, I'm just so much not into, I don't even like a rom-com. I really don't even like a rom-com. There's not a rom-com. Well, there's one rom-com that I do like, uh, Scarface. Have you seen this one? I just really want a guy to love me as much as Tony Montana loved his cocaine. Right? And, and then share it with me. Um, yeah. Valentine's Day has reminded me of my superpower. You guys can give me any romantic situation and I will suck the romance right out of it. Okay? Like Valentine's Day. Gentlemen, what do you give your ladies on Valentine's Day? Roses and chocolate, right? All that makes me think about is that you know that 70% of the world's chocolate is picked in West Africa by child slaves? Right? That's hilarious. No, I bet you that makes your dark chocolate a bit darker. Right? Yeah? Yeah? So what are you handing us on Valentine's Day? Withering, dying plants, and the blood, sweat, and tears of children, right? Just makes me think of marriage. Um, see? Very romantic, very romantic. Uh, I, uh, oh fuck, what else? I am a mom, 
And my kid is always giving me shit about the fact that he doesn't have siblings. And I have to remind him that that's his fault. Yeah. And, you know, and, and just besides that, you know, he was 10 pounds and two feet when he was born, really. So that I gave birth to a toddler. Um, and anyways, he does have siblings, okay? They're just in heaven looking down on him. Yeah. I love to end on an abortion joke, so I'm just going to go ahead and give this mic right back to Warhol. Thank you. I'm Rachel D. You know, actually, my mother told me after I turned like 22 that I wasn't a mistake. Peter Vollmer. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm 24 years old. I'm getting older a little bit. Anybody here relate? Yeah, everyone is getting older. Okay, good jokes. Sweet, we're cooking. Uh, yeah, and I used to think when I was younger, I used to think that as you got older, you get more freedom, right? But that's not true, because as I've gotten older, there's fewer things I could do now. Like, I hit a point recently, I can't frolic in public anymore. <laughs> Anybody? Yeah, it's, I used to, when I was a kid, I could frolic in public whenever the fuck I'd want, and everyone around me would be like, oh, look at that kid, he's so happy, you know, good for him. But now, I'm six foot four, 220 pound white dude, and if I frolic in public, people are frightened. <laughs> I did this the other day, I was just having a good day, listened to a song that I was particularly fond of. I walked up to a crosswalk, and I gave it a good frolic, I went, ha ha! And that's not even like a full frolic, you know? That's just like a skip, a glorified skip, really. Um, but the lady next to me went, ha! And she shielded her child from me, so, you know. It's too bad. It's too bad. Uh, I'm a big guy. Described my dimensions earlier, so you guys know that. Um, I know I'm a big guy, though, because sometimes, most of the time, you meet people. Uh, you meet people, and they'll be like, hey, you know, nice to meet you, or whatever. Uh, sometimes, uh, as a big guy, if you meet other dudes, they won't say, nice to meet you, or whatever. They'll, they'll go, hey, big guy, and then give you a high five or something. And I think it's interesting, because that's really the only, like, physical attribute you can call out to a person. Like, you're always looking at everybody. You know what everybody looks like, but you can't say, be like, hey, what's up, Mexican guy? How we doing? And even if I, like, got too big, you know, because I'm, like, not fat. I'm not unhealthy. I don't feel offended when people say big guy. But, like, if I became, like, really fat, nobody would be like, hey, big guy. I'd be like, hey, nice to meet you, Peter. Like, need help with anything? <laughs> All right, uh, sweet. I, I used to work on a golf course. Yeah, uh, golf, that's that sport. Uh, it's, if you're not familiar, it's basically just a really expensive walk in the park uh, with a lot of rules and where everyone in the park's wearing khakis. Uh, fun sport. Uh, I was a golf caddy. Those are the guys who are the children who the park walkers pay to wear a silly little bib and then carry their stuff for them while they walk around the park. So I thought it'd be a fun job, you know? I kind of had a, like a good idea of what it means to, you know, a bunch of guys hanging out, smoking cigars, cracking jokes, having a good time. It seemed fun. I thought it'd be like the movie Caddyshack, but it was not. It was more, being a golf caddy is a lot like being a stripper, I found, because um, most of the jobs just keep an old men company. <laughs> Let them complain about their wife and kids. Uh, <laughs> telling them how strong they are, you know? You get paid mostly in tips, and uh, in either field, if you really work hard and be the best you can be and reach the top, then you'll be working for Tiger Woods. 
Eh, eh, okay. I told that joke and somebody came up to me afterwards. They're like, hey, I think this is kind of out of date. Tiger Woods, the whole Tiger Woods stuff was a while ago. And it's like, yeah, what do you think he's been doing ever since he lost his wife and got bad at golf? <laughs> strippers, strippers, prostitutes too, I would imagine. But that's not what being a golf caddy is like. So I left it out of the joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jesus, Louises. Oh, I thought I would take that longer. Did that, did that seem like I went too fast or was I fine? Oh, I get the light. That's perfect timing. Cool. That's good to know. Uh, I wrote down, I wrote down toothbrush spit. Is that funny? All right. <laughs> All right. It's fucking killer. Okay. Best joke. Thanks guys. Um, he's too tall. I can't top that. Michael Muxgrove. Uh, thank you, thank you. Let's keep it going for uh, Mutiny Radio. Uh, yes, yes, let's keep it going. You, you guys believe in global warming? Yeah. Let's keep it going for how terrible global warming is. <laughs> Saying it as a Russian, I'm crossing my fingers in my back because uh, I really want global warming. It just sounds very appealing uh, to me. I just want Red Square to look like West Hollywood. 